on take two, is time flowing now? Is, is time appears to be moving forward? Now, now it's not even trying to keep track of the time. <laughs> it's, okay. I, I think that maybe the program had updated. I don't know. Uh, okay, so anyways, it's the 19th of September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the podcast is called Podsiden. All right, well, I, I, I hope so. Well... And also to give people... You've stopped more, time, after all, is my point. Yeah, exactly. Well, luckily, I went on ahead and got my uh, iPhone software updated prior to time stopping. <laughs> oh, good. So you can contact FEMA. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not sure what on earth happened. I'm going to blame GarageBand. I'm blame going it. to blame Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Whoever it is that is now running Apple. It's still Steve Jobs from the grave. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Walt Disney. Well, he put a book out after he died, so he must still be alive. Oh, so he's like Tupac. I would say Steve Jobs is a lot like Tupac. Mm-hmm. Does that make Bill Gates the uh, notorious B.I.G.? Yeah. Now, forgive my relative lack of knowledge. Oh, of, that's all I know. So of, don't go any deeper <laughs> than of, that. Of the, <laughs> of the East Coast and West Coast hip-hop rivalry, okay? The, the okay. 90s rivalry. But is the notorious Big, is he the same... As Biggie Smalls, is that the same man? I think that it might be the same man, but I'm not sure. And also, his his name is always spelled with big. You know, the word big always has a period after each letter, and each letter is capitalized. So, so I've lived my life assuming that it's B-I-G. Okay, standing but for like... I guess it could be Notorious Big. Like Ballin' Instant Gangsta? Like, what would it be? What yes, would that stand uh-huh. for? That's exactly what it stands for. I have a question for you, and I think sure. you would know the answer to this. And I, I want to ask you before I forget. Okay. This has been going on for a while, but I keep forgetting. Does it have to deal with that lesion on the side of your body? <laughs> no. No, this is about something a little nonviolent or less violent. I think I brought this up the last time I saw you, but I now have two items of mail that do not belong to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I know it's illegal to open another individual's mail, right? Mm-hmm. I know that's mm-hmm. illegal. Is it illegal to, like, sequester another person's mail unopened? No, I think... Like, if I, am I breaking any law by, by having mail that is unopened that is not mine but is unopened because I'm too lazy to take it to the office on the other side of my complex? Yeah, I mean, I doubt that you're breaking any law, and if you are, it's not like anybody would know, oh, wait, you just announced it on the internet. Mm-hmm. But the post office is cash-strapped. They're not going to pursue any legal action against you. Just write return to sender and stick it in the outgoing mailbox whenever you go check your mail. I'm not going to do all that. What the? That's not my... It was it was delivered to me. It's their fault that they didn't update their address mm-hmm. with all of their various people that need updating. I'm not going to go to any effort for some stranger. Yeah. What do I care? I mean, that's not my job. No. So just throw it away and don't tell anybody. But if I throw it away, I have I have a I have guilt about it. Then get out a pen and write RTS on it and drop it in a mailbox. I don't even know where the closest mailbox is though. Probably right next to where you pick up your mail. Is there? I don't know if there's an there's outgoing slot. There's probably an outgoing mailbox right next to your... I prefer to go to the post office to mail things. You don't have to go to the <laughs> post office to mail things. <laughs> I don't... So you think I'm all right? I'm not breaking any laws, right? I've, I've not, gone on high-speed chases chasing down the little square mail trucks to uh-huh. hand off stuff. High-speed chases, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, you know, they don't want to pick up any mail. No, it's more weight for them. Yeah, and I mean, so they lose gas efficiency. And also, I mean, you know, who wants to work? 
most people spend their working lives avoiding work. Speaking of high-speed chases, did you see that in Texas they're going to have 85-mile-an-hour speed limits? It's about time, isn't it? Did you, did you see that? That's... I did see that. I'm really excited. It's around Austin. Okay. And you have to pay a toll to get onto that road. I don't like that. Well, I'm fine with that because okay. it appeals to my inner elitist. Is 85 <laughs> – Anything, any sort of club you want to, you, yeah. you like that. You want to, you want to be part of the toll paying uh, club. This dollar twenty keeping the hoi polloi off of my road. That's right. Yeah. What is the fastest it can get before it's actually stupid? Can we go a hundred? Is that too fast? Well, and, and that's the thing that the reason why they said they could raise it to eighty five is they know cars are getting safer. Road technology is getting uh, more advanced, so you know a lot more straightaways and less entrances and stuff like that but that's why i personally can't wait for the uh, google car to come out the self-driving car because what happens is that the faster you go the less your reaction time is and so the more unsafe it gets but uh, the car drives itself and the computer is making these decisions and so not only does it have an not only can it react quickly but it's communicating to the cars around it so that way there's no unexpected moves Every car has to have a Google unit on it, though, in order for that to work. Yeah, it would. Well, that, well, well why are you excited about something that is 100 years in the future? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if it is 100 years in the future, but it probably is. Or, or, uh, or does that unit take place on somebody's cell phone, which is always in their car whenever they're in their car? Now, the um, transportation department or whoever the hell controls the cars and the roads... Mm-hmm. Text, um, text dot as they're fond of calling themselves yeah, around no, no, here no, but but the national one you know the okay. one that uh us the one that does for yeah they are currently experimenting with a thing where a computer system that you can just kind of tack on to any car will be communicating things about you know what you're doing and it'll communicate things about like what all it's noticing around you this is just in your and, car you mean what you're doing yeah like you're still driving the car but it'll know, like, hey, he's not slowing down enough to um, stop at this upcoming stop sign. And so it will communicate to all the other cars, hey, this idiot's about to run the stop sign. Anyway, so here's the idea is that it knows what's going on all around you, and it projects all of this on your windshield. And somehow or another, this is supposed to help you drive safer. Like You have pop-up windows everywhere on your windshield. And inevitably advertisements. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I, and then you know, I'm sure that... Some hacker group will hack into the thing and put porn all over people's windshields. Thanks, OLED technology. Thanks. You're making my driving experience a lot better. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can go, now I can go 185 miles an hour on Texas freeways, and I can have an advertisement for, like, Bing come up in the bottom right-hand corner, obscuring the entire mm-hmm. area of my driving view. Thanks, OLED. Yeah. Every time you ask your car computer to Google something, it'll say, would you prefer for me to Bing it? Oh, I don't. I've I've seen a couple of TV shows where you know that have that Bing is paid, where the mm-hmm. characters will say will literally say, "I want to Bing this." Yeah, that's stupid. You want to do what? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Microsoft, after being you know the entrenched technology company for years, has kind of ended up in this position where it's the pathetic also ran. Like uh, a well, good example for that particular is- realm. I think they're still doing okay. <laughs> Well, no, they're doing okay with computers and stuff. They're like, uh, they also have the same problem with their cell phones, the Windows phone. Do they have a phone? Like, yeah, nobody's uh, ever heard yeah, of they, it, right? Yeah, they have a phone that nobody's ever heard of. And all the reviews I've read said that it's beautiful, it's wonderful. But, you know, 
It's now just seems like the pathetic follow-up to the iPhone. It's hard to advertise yourself as this alternative whenever you are the default that everybody is rebelling against. Yeah. Because I see commercials for Internet Explorer 9. It's like, why are you advertising? That's the default browser. So if you have chosen not to use something, advertising I don't think brings them back. I, I, well, that's kind of a simplistic thing, isn't it? Somebody must think advertising works because I'm trying to watch Howard Stern on Letterman last week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And how many ads did I have to watch on CBS.com? I had to watch four ads before the program started that, mm-hmm. that amounted to two and a half minutes total. You might as well just watch TV. And then there's, this, and then there's advertisements before trailers on the internet. Mm-hmm. An advertisement before an advertisement. Like I'm trying to watch the trailer for what it, uh, Lincoln, Steven Spielberg's thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis in like a full Lincoln outfit. Yeah, he looks really absurd in that thing, doesn't he? Yeah, like a dozen actors that I can instantly recognize, but they're all in period costumes. So uh-huh. even if I watched the movie, I could never be Oscar immersed in bait. it. Yeah, I could never be immersed in the thing because I see Tommy Lee Jones in like a ridiculous wig and outfit. Is he playing a uh, Texas Ranger? I'm, yeah, oh, when does he not? It's star-studded, and it's irritating. But the point is, I okay, had to what sit- did you expect? Steven Spielberg to make, like, a little indie film? Uh, yeah, you're right. Steven Spielberg is like Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> you know. This he's, is his, he's omnipresent. <laughs> yeah, this is his bing. I mean, he's been binging for, the, every, like, every, once every couple of years for the last... Maybe once every year, I don't know. Maybe the guy's reasonably prolific, but I don't think I can handle Lincoln... You know, John Williams, like, somber score in the background of the trailer. How many times have you written that score, John Williams? Mm-hmm. And well, then I see Titanic came out on video again. Why? Did you see that? Everybody has seen it already. I, you know, I guess they thought, okay, let's put Titanic out on, it's on Blu-ray now. We can put Titanic out on video. It was last week. Make a little more money, why don't you? I don't think you've made enough. David Cameron's hurting. David? David Cameron? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of his brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Like uh-huh. David Sedaris? No. <laughs> no, he's no. David Cameron is the uh, less successful little brother. He uh, does exclusively home videos. And, and is Kirk Cameron related to them as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kirk Cameron has yet to find somebody who wants to reproduce with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he has. I think he's married and everything, and he's like he has like seven hundred kids. He's he's a he's a good papist. I saw a thing where apparently one of the common reactions to Titanic is that that she's on the raft at the end. Mm -hmm. Apparently, one of the things people say about the movie is that, oh, well, they both could have fit on the raft. Like, the raft was big enough for Jack and Rose to to get on. And Mm -hmm. I saw a thing where Jim Cameron, I guess, responded to this in the media recently, probably just to promote the fact that it's on Um, (laughs) Blu-ray. Like, well, it's like like a 70-year-old movie. Why Why would he remark about this now? But he's like... He's like, no, 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 no. You see, it's all about the buoyancy. If they if they both got on, <laughs> then the raft would sink and they would both die freezing. Okay. Like, shut up, Jim Cameron. <laughs> I just be quiet. We don't need you to respond to like a, a seventy year old movie. Mm-hmm. Jim, I saw your dumb Avatar movie. You know, the one where you spent like half a billion dollars. And mm-hmm. the one where you're going to make like eleven sequels to it now, and it was kind of bad. Mm-hmm. You you made this movie and you meant to change movies with it and it kind of sucked, dude. I, Cross and I like roll into North Park on a, on a weeknight 
you know, me having a meltdown because I'm in a mall on a weeknight and him like feeding me tranquilizers. <laughs> we saw your long, long, long movie, Jim. Or Dave. Or Dave. Or Dave. <laughs> Dave Cameron. <laughs> expecting to have our earths, you know, rocked and shattered. Uh-huh. And then we leave and we don't like we don't talk much. We're kind of quiet because we don't want to admit that that was that was kind of bad. We just spent, you know, whatever, thirty seven dollars on it. Mm -hmm. That was kind of not very good. So I I don't know. I think I'm done with Jim Cameron. I don't know if I'm going to be in line for those Avatar sequels or for Titanic on Blu-ray or for Titanic 4D. Yeah. Or 4K or whatever else. Whatever's Uh, next. The 4K is the next thing, right? Yeah, that is the next thing. I don't think that's available to like really available for consumers now no it isn't the only time i've heard it being deployed is whenever the bbc <laughs> deployed show... it's like a military unit <laughs> well at this point it is it's so yeah. expensive and so right. specialized it's black the, ops the, tv yeah yeah the bbc you know like helicoptered in a few uh displays to across england to show the olympics on what's in 4k how expensive are these cameras going to get well probably very expensive but what i'm excited about the 4k thing is apparently it is so clear that a lot of people who watched it over in England, because the London Olympics were the first time I'd ever heard of this format. Okay. But apparently it is has so much data and is so clear that people thought that they were watching a 3D event. <laughs> Come on. Which, no, I'm all for this. If we can get there... If we can get to 3D without having to shoot like separate things into each eye and stuff like that, yeah, is that yeah? I mean, it's like problem solved. Talk about an easy way out. If we can just get the clarity up so high that people just can't even tell anymore, then we don't have to worry about wearing stupid little glasses to watch 3D television. I, I guess that's the goal. I guess the goal is to literally immerse you in a different in a fiction. So speaking of movies, yeah. As you know, but as your listeners most likely do not, I read the uh, NPR Monkey See blog. Yeah, Linda, with Linda, uh, our girl Linda. Linda Holmes, uh-huh. and I like it because... Is it Holmes or Holmes? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. It could, it could be uh, a silent H. It could just be Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I like it because she's a, she's a good writer, but also she does the heavy uh, lifting for me and finds stuff that's good online. And Now, is, thing, that, is it like a bodybuilding blog? Is that what uh-huh. you mean? Yeah, it's exactly it. It's about her whipping herself into shape. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I watch women who whip themselves. Okay, yeah. Um, no, so... Like Linda Ohms. Or, yeah, if it's a silent H, maybe it's, you know, a... Uh, Maybe it's a Spanish word, like old mace. Uh-huh. Heavy lifting with ohms. <laughs> so she linked to this post over on IndieWire. Okay. The IndieWire blog Press Play, which I have never heard of before and will probably never visit again. The author here, he talks about how he went to a screening of From Russia with Love. Okay. My favorite James Bond flick. Uh-huh. And so... It was talking about how people in the theater were always laughing at inappropriate times in the film. Like, uh, whether it was outdated technology, you know, hairy chests, or overt (laughs) sexuality. Uh Uh-huh, there's a lot of that. Just a lot of people laughing at uh, moments that the film did not mean to be funny. Which you know would send me into a full meltdown state. Well, it sends this man into a full meltdown state. However, unlike you, 
people seem to listen to him. Okay. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. The heart of his argument, the crux, if you will. The spine of his argument. Uh-huh, yeah. The uh, backbone. The lifeblood of his argument. Uh-huh. The femur of his argument. I'll stop. You can go ahead. Okay. Here's the crux of his argument. There might be a lot of factors contributing to the viewer's failure to engage, but ultimately that's their decision and their loss. It's up to the individual viewer to decide to connect or not connect with a creative work. By connect, I mean connect emotionally and imaginatively, giving Got yourself to. to the movie for as long as you can and trying to see the world through its eyes and feel things on its wavelength. Okay. And so his point was is that, yeah, From Russia With Love isn't, you know, this great piece of art. He was saying that it's still a very good film that's meant to just be like a pure delivery of pleasure and fun. Delivery of awesome yeah. to all five senses. Uh-huh. Well, and that's his point. And so people weren't engaging with the film as this uh, fun, you know, expression of spy drama and stuff like that, but they were rather engaging with it as an outdated movie. Right, because it's a bunch of fuckheads and scarves who aren't there to have a good time. They're there to be cool. Uh-huh. Well, and and so, I have no patience for that. And not everything is meant to be ironic. And just because something is old and outside of what you normally experience on a day-to-day -day basis does not make it ironic. Right. You know. It's, I guess it's all about having a perspective on it. And it's like Linda Holmes, so whenever she was discussing this in her, this article in her blog, like an appropriate way to not like From Russia With Love, if you decided for some reason that you didn't like it, would not be because, oh, can you believe that the, all this stuff used to be considered high tech, but rather like, oh, I didn't much care for the way that women were objectified in the movie. Whereas just saying like, oh, there is a rotating bed or something. A rotating bed. <laughs> is that your... <laughs> well... Check well, out my awesome spy gear where my bed rotates. In my view of Sean Connery, James Bond franchise, I don't remember any one particular scene except one. Okay. Which is in one of his films, and I don't, I don't watch him enough to know which one this is. I'll probably be able to tell you. At the very, very end of the film, he comes to the surface in a bathysphere. <laughs> and... <laughs> The, and the British Secret Service opens up the door to reveal a bathysphere that is has a huge circular bed in it and all these throw pillows. And Sean Connery is in the middle of seducing a woman in the bathysphere while he made an escape from an exploding submarine. Was it a submarine? Or I don't know, something under the ocean. Either way, that's not exactly the appropriate time to begin wooing. <laughs> well, when okay, and every time is the appropriate. Who designs escape pods? <laughs> With a bed in them. <laughs> <laughs> like a luxury bed. Yeah. Like a Ritz Carlton love bed. But I, I don't know. I can't, I can't pinpoint that one because at first I thought it was You Only Live Twice because that's Connery. But then it sounded more like something in one of the – there were a couple of Roger Moore ones. There's one where he escapes from like a sinking battleship and there's another where he comes up. The villain has like an underwater city where he mm -hmm. is, has like an escape hatch that sounds like that, like a circular thing. Uh-huh. Are you getting your bonds crossed, maybe? Or? I, I could be crossing the bond streams. Uh -huh. Don't want to do that. I could have I sworn it was Sean Connery, but perhaps not, because I only watch the Bond films whenever they're on um, the television. The Christmas and marathons? You, yeah. And usually there are so many commercials that I just stop watching. That, that was my first exposure to James Bond, too. Uh, you know, years ago, probably 
probably around the time the GoldenEye game came out, mm-hmm. one, you know, it was one of Ted Turner's channels, was doing 13 days of 007 over Christmas break. And so I just, I mean, I just mainlined Bond for that, for that <laughs> entire period. And I taped a lot of them, and, and they were all three hours long with ads. On VHS? Yeah, I mean, this was, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. on VHS. No. Or, or, was this on, or was this on beta? In Earth. <laughs> was this before or after the recording wars, what the I, format wars? <laughs> what I have is the radio adaptations of all the James Bond flicks. It's a really rare, awesome collection. Uh-huh. One more thing about movies. While we're talking about movies, I just remembered this. Mm-hmm. Did you see that Nick Cage has a new thing? Oh my god! Coming out. Did you see his? Uh, wait a minute. Did you see his new thing? No, I did not. You know, I'm an enormous Nick Cage fan. Um, by which I mean I I can't actually watch any movie he's in. I have long maintained that Nicolas Cage is the ultimate expression of a writer's hubris. <laughs> like my my script is so good you don't even need to have anybody you just need to have somebody up there reading the lines and doing right. blocking and in fact it's so good that we're, we're going to hire somebody who actively tries to change what's in the script to make it more like himself in real life mm-hmm. yeah like he's like the Nick- anti-actor <laughs> he doesn't he does not try he and keanu keanu to just kind of stand up there and read whatever the cue cards are off camera, and then walk. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Cage has a new thing that's coming out, I don't know when. Nicolas Cage is constantly in a technical rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just have some blocking in the lights. I don't know where I am now. Are we filming? Are we shooting? I want to go back to my trailer, do some more drugs. So when does the filming start? We just wrapped. Oh. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I wondered why everyone was looking at me for two hours. I've been too busy selling all my houses to stave off bankruptcy and financial ruin. Yeah, I guess he's doing a lot of that lately, too. Because once I saw this, then I had like a 15-minute Nick Cage binge. And I you know, was reading about all that. Apparently, he's like a crazy real estate mogul by necessity because he's broke. Because, yeah. I, guess he just <laughs> because I guess he spends a shitload of money. Despite being mm-hmm. an immensely well-paid, you know, one of the biggest yeah. actors in Hollywood. Anyway, his thing is called – so this will help him buy another few houses. This is called I Am Wrath. <laughs> Excuse me? Not I Am Legend. <laughs> I'm Spartacus? No. I, I Am Wrath. <laughs> uh, I have a description here of I Am Wrath that I liked. I, I took this off of um, the press release. Following the murder of his wife, Stanley – finds that the police are unable to catch the perpetrators. He uncovers a thick plot of police corruption and realizes that he'll have to find justice on his own. So it's, it's nice to see that Nick Cage is branching out here. Is, is, is he dead and brought back to life in a deal with the devil? Oh, I hope so. I really like the ones where that happens to him. Uh-huh. I also really like the ones where he's... The ones where they, they put him in like a, a wicker statue... And then they feed, they like bees eat him to death or something. I don't know yeah. what happened. I don't remember even what happens. I haven't actually seen that movie, but no. I've seen that clip. I, the only redeeming value here is that Billy Friedkin is directing it, and he's like a real director. So that makes me think that it might not be absolutely terrible. It might. It's going to be absolutely terrible. It probably will be absolutely terrible. But I mean, this is yeah, you know, this is the guy who did like the French Connection and The Exorcist. He's known. He's a known quantity. It's going to be absolutely awful. I'm pretty sure it will. This is like saying. I have a number five over here, 
that I'm going to pair it with a negative 20. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm going to have a positive number. No, <laughs> you really aren't. It's going to be a negative 15. By, by your arithmetic, Nicolas Cage is a far worse actor than William Friedkin is a good director? Well, yeah, I, I was just pulling out random numbers, but okay. I think that Nicolas Cage has the ability to single-handedly sink a movie. The man has an Academy Award. For what? For uh, leaving Las Vegas. The... <laughs> for videography? <laughs> yeah. He for... won one of the technical awards. <laughs> for Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No, um, for leaving Las Vegas. For, you know, best scene where he drinks whiskey off Elizabeth Shue's breast. That's what the Oscar was for. It's not the MTV Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are I think those are two different things, but I'm sure they Well no, but they have highly specific categories like that. Like No, they do. They do. I I because I, I was reading about that on their website. I'm trying to remember I think there was uh Best Best, you know, teenage heartthrob who also is a werewolf. There's actually one <laughs> what was it? Shit. Oh, maybe I was looking at the MTV Video Music Awards was what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, because what they have is they have a thing called best video with a message and I, i'm and, and this I'm, is your brain on drugs no no but like best music video it's all it's all oh. songs it's the best it's the vmas the video music awards okay and i'm looking at these nominees and i don't remember what they are now of course but these are some crazy nominees it's like it's like all the same nominees that are in every other category it's all pop stars you know mm-hmm. and i'm like what message am i supposed to get out of a flow rider video i just okay. don't i don't know okay so Speaking of pop stars. Oh, good. You know, I follow, I follow the celebrities, so. Uh-huh. Just this morning. Okay, maybe I don't know this. I was reading I was heavy a... in pre-production, so I've been cut off from the news cycle. Well, yeah. You've, you've, been, <laughs> you, you've been busy vetting your guests. <laughs> I've isolated myself. Right. I've turned off Twitter. I, don't, I, I have to be in complete solitude while I prepare for a pod side. I was reading a thing in the LA Times. Okay. About... Everybody's favorite, Lady Gaga. Okay, I've heard of her. She is uh, promoting a new parfum line. <laughs> yes. And it is called Fame. Fame, right? Like her album. Uh-huh. Okay. okay, so she had two days of uh, promotional events. This is like the launch of the parfum. So day two, the least amount of things happened. She arrived at Macy's in New York City. Uh, for the official launch, and she was, and she made an entrance via a horse-drawn carriage shaped like <laughs> the perfume bottle, wearing a gold mask and what looked like a modern take on black body armor. Black body armor. Uh huh. Yeah, like it's mailed. like body armor, but she's in a gold mask. Day one, though, is my personal favorite. What did she do? She had a um, gigantic perfume bottle constructed for her. And she had a place in the Guggenheim Museum in New York City. She napped in it while the perfume unveiling party was going on around her. And while she napped in the bottle, party guests, which included Yoko Ono, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, and Mark Jacobs, were invited to approach and stroke her hand through a small opening. <laughs> also during that party, she bared her bottom which was projected on a huge screen in the Guggenheim. Of course she did. She had an angel tattooed on the back of her head. Sure. And she may or may not have relieved herself in a champagne bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Lady Gaga, you just rolled through New York City and (laughs) 
caused pandemonium. Something tells me the Yoko Ono thought that this was art. Yeah, she definitely did. Who the hell is Mark Jacobs? Uh, I think that he designs clothes. That's like a gap in my in my pop culture knowledge. And interestingly enough, it seems that well, you know, Lindsay Lohan is also in the news because she hit some guy with her Porsche in New York City. Okay, that that happened again. Yeah, I thought I thought that I read that, and that was the same story from three months ago when she last hit somebody with her car. Oh no, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, like it's, it, when that's not news anymore. That's like Thursday. So, well, I'm prepared to forgive her now if she hit him after she was emotionally distressed from stroking Lady Gaga's hand through <laughs> a perfume bottle. I think if I saw that that pandemonium in New York City, I would have plenty of emotional distress myself. Even mm-hmm. if I didn't get to lay my hand upon what is, she's like blessing them, I guess, is the idea. No, I mean I, yeah, it's almost like, you know, she's like been Pope. preserved and it's a relic or something. Oh, so she's like perfectly still while Yeah. And then while they people co- come up and like they stick s- their hand into an opening and stroke her hand. And she doesn't so it's she almost doesn't like acknowledge per- it at all. So she doesn't chat with, with Mark Jacobs for a minute when you come up and like, hey, that was an awesome leather vagina cover you designed for me or whatever she wears. Uh-huh. Whatever Mark Jacobs is. I don't know. what you know. I'm sure they're buddies. Right. But right. she just is perfectly still. Yeah, like she threw a party and she was too good to even show up to her own party. She's like a street performer, like one of those performance guys <laughs> who – Yeah, she, she put out a little cup for donations, <laughs> a hat. No, they just threw them in the egg or the bottle or whatever she's in. Uh-huh, yeah, into the uh, champagne bucket, which she then you know, relieved herself in. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about when I was in Louisiana for the first – sorry, when I was in New Orleans for the first and only time? Uh-uh. And I hated it because it's like I'm – you know, it's so humid. I'm perspiring on new places on my body, right. and I just couldn't wait to get out of there, but – I was walking down Bourbon Street at like 4 p.m. with my parents, like awesome, like you know, real hip. Yeah, your and... dad was completely shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> right, he was having a good old time. Yeah, real, right. However, like he's like 70 hurricanes in. I'm over here. I don't know. I'm like 16 and just miserable. And then I walk right up next to a statue, and then the statue moves really quickly and scares the fuck out of me. And it's uh-huh. a man in silver paint. It's like a street performer whose yeah. shtick is that he stands still and people tip him for standing still and then scaring the fuck out of them. Meanwhile, I'm like, you want money for giving me a near-death experience? I'm not going to give you any money for that, dude. I'm, like, yeah. I, I'm not... Why do people give him money for scaring the fuck out of them? You should have... This is the best racket on earth. Where you, where you ran up to people on Bourbon Street with the handgun <laughs> and pointed it at them and fired but it was empty and then right. it's like hey scared right. you this is my performance <laughs> art where i pretend like i'm gonna shoot you to death it's awesome give me coins give me all your coins pay for my vacation yeah except it's 2012 so coins are meaningless coins are bullshit give me a 20 and yeah. now i'm actually uh, holding you i'm sticking you up now actually because this is actually a loaded i have a paypal account just trans just, just paypal the money to me just twitter it to me that that would be really funny if they uh if a busker on the side of the street put like <laughs> a, a <busker>. little sign. <laughs> what is this, Victorian England? A busker? Do they still call them that? Sure. Okay, a busker. I have like a Mary Poppins image in my... Oh, no, he was like a chimney sweep. Was he a busker? Uh, yeah. No. Maybe it was, he was probably both. I think they ought to put out a sign that has their PayPal account. <laughs> it's like, don't have cash? You can still pay me. Yeah. Crazy street asshole at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Just PayPal it to that. It'll be fine. I only accept large PayPal donations. 
You know, you would probably, out of all of our friends, be the most successful crazy man living on the street. You think so? Yeah, because you would, you already kind of uh, do your own thing. And, um, <laughs> like in general. Okay. Yeah. And you don't, and you don't have a sense of smell. So you, uh, so wouldn't just... be disgusted like, uh, in the places you find yourself or just like with my lack of bathing. Right. And I also feel like you are just a small step away from kind of talking and ranting to yourself about all the problems in the world. Yeah. That's kind of what this is, except I'm talking to you. Yeah, so... I know. Which is why I'm saying. <laughs> You could just stand out on a street in New York and harass passerbys. That's what live pod sightings are going to be. I'm just uh-huh. going to I'm just going to go to public places and Bingo, scream. I'm podcasting. <laughs> and scream about and scream about Titanic and Nicolas Cage and David James. Yeah, that's right. Whoever the hell he is. David Sedaris in Titanic. Uh huh. Why don't I keep talking about David Sedaris out of the clear blue sky? Well, because you decided that whenever I said David Cameron, I meant David Sedaris. I don't even know who that is, really. He's a writer, right? He's like yeah, a... Yeah, he's a humor writer. He's a humorist? Uh-huh, what a, yeah. What a fucking crazy profession. I don't think I like anybody who describes himself as a humorist. I, I, I write funny stories. What do you do? I'm a humorist. You wouldn't get it. And then, and then you know, he has a sister, Amy Sedaris. Is it Sedaris or Sedaris? What is it? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not like we're ever going to meet them. They're never going to correct us. No, his sister is pronounced Sedaris, but he's pronounced Sedaris. I see what it is. Uh-huh. I see how that biology works there. Yeah, they're trying to distance themselves from each other. <laughs> That's right. Professionally, you know, when you're both when you're both uh, entertainment Are you okay? people. Yeah, I nearly died just then. <laughs> did, did you just fall? I tripped over my mic wire. Um, <laughs> Is your hip okay? <laughs> That's right. It's okay. I have my like alert one system in the in the uh-huh, yeah. that I had installed, like my geriatric call I've button thing. I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah, I love those. Um, no, but I was going to say about. While we were talking about things that are in New York, so I have a quote for you here. But oh, let me yeah. let me give the so the background is that New York so, is the city that never sleeps. It is, uh, or is that Los? Is that Ontario? That's not a city. Is that Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> is that Africa? Or, or is that Idaho? Ontario is a small town in Idaho. Was what I meant. That's the that's oh, yeah, the city huh? that never sleeps. The reason it never sleeps is because it never does anything because it's not actually a city. Uh, and then there is that famous song in the Music Man on. Ontario, Indiana. <laughs> yes. But in New York City, Dustin brought to my attention a few podsidens ago that there is a thing happening called National Go Topless Day. I had omitted this uh, from the, when, I, when I did the holiday roundup, and he said, wait a minute, this is something that's happening. Mm-hmm. So as a kind of a follow-up, I want to tell you what happened on National Topless Day, or excuse me, National Go Topless Day. And that's in New York City. There, about two dozen people attended. I have a quote here from the organizer of National Topless Day. We say there's nothing wrong with the female nipple. My dog has six. I have two. (laughs) But I can be put in jail for showing my nipples. It's 2012. What are we thinking? Okay, point of order. I think that your dog has six teats. Really? Dogs don't have nipples? They have have teats? I'm sure they do, but... Is the plural teats or is it just... Ever, I don't think anybody ever calls them nipples on the dog. That's always referred to as teats for some reason. Okay. But, but they're nipples. Uh, I, actually, I, I actually was aware of Go Topless Day. Okay. Because I love... And this is a story that I just <laughs> Because love. I love toplessness. No, yeah. I, I love National Go Topless Day. Mm-hmm. You flew out to New York. I know you were there. Yeah, I was there. I was, I s- I've gotten uh, implants. I saw... <laughs> I saw you. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. I bet that was expensive, though. 
Those aren't cheap. No, I, I was a do-it-yourself operation. Oh, my God in heaven. <laughs> Somebody, like, walks in. You've taken a scalpel to your breast in the bathroom. I used plenty of camphophonite <laughs> to dull the pain. Did you <laughs> Did you use... Are you talking, like, what are you, are you, water or silicone? Or what was your filling that you used in your fake breasts? Air. Air. Okay, just air? Uh-huh. So that way I can deflate them as needed. I see. Do you have, like, a little gauge by your bed that you kind of regulate the pressure of your breasts? No, anyways, I love Go Topless Day All right. because it first started, I guess it was like a year or two ago, because the New York Times wrote an article about how there are all these people who showed up in Central Park, all these women who showed up in Central Park without any tops on. Okay, that's where it took to, place? Okay. To, to protest the fact that men could go topless, right? but women could not. Right. But here's the kicker. It's not illegal for a woman to be topless in New York City. <laughs> that's what I, that's what the article said, yeah. <laughs> and so and so they were protesting a law that did not exist. Like they had already won. The only thing keeping their shirts on was social mores. <laughs> <laughs> of but, which they have none and everyone else has enough to know not to do that. Right. But I just love the fact that like it's not right that it's illegal. It's not um, illegal it's in not, New York dummy. City. Like, yeah. Like, if you want to protest a law, fly to Ontario, Idaho. Right. And stage a protest there. Uh-huh. <laughs> New York City is fine. About the sleeping law. Let us go to the, sleep, finally. The, this, this is like a bunch of gay people marching on the state house in Massachusetts protesting for their right to get married. Yeah. Hey, guys, they it already can't. happened. <laughs> The only thing keeping them from getting married is themselves. <laughs> Whenever it was the very first one, they were protesting, like, almost demanding cops cite them. <laughs> you know, they wanted to be a prisoner of conscience and stuff like that. Oh, of course, right. <laughs> but there was no law they were breaking. Right. I, I want to ask the, the Go Topless Day women, do, like, do they understand that if, if women went topless all the time, like, I get, that's their goal, right? I guess. I, I mean, guess may, that's the goal. Maybe they just want the... Ability if it's 98 degrees outside to go lay down in the park topless, which in New York they could do. Which they could very well do. Yeah. I just want to make sure they understand that if if women went topless like all the time, like if it was commonplace for women to do that, it would be 100% apocalyptic Armageddon on Earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that not true? Like if – I don't know. Maybe – I guess maybe not. If If female nipples were shown all the time – would dudes still find them so fascinating? You know, that's an excellent point. Maybe, maybe is it, is the, it because uh, it's hidden or is it just because it's a boob? Well, I mean, it's not like societies in Africa and South America where the women just don't wear tops and the men wear next to nothing. Also, it's not like the men just walk around in a constant state of being turned on. Yeah, but everyone there is malnourished and ugly. It's different. It's third world shit. I don't know. I, I, I think, though, that you have a good point that if all women were to go topless all the time, or at least not all the time, but just like men do. That's what I'm saying. Like some guys take off their shirt and women notice. Most guys take off their shirt and most women don't notice those guys. I see. That's what I'm thinking. Like some women would take off their top and guys would notice her, but most women would take off their top and nobody would notice. And so it would go from being a universal fascination of like, oh, breasts to... Oh, that lady's breasts. Specific breasts. I, I guess we'll. I guess we'll never know. I mean, in, in, unless they have their way eventually with Go Topless Day. Well, I, I think that this could work another way, like what the FCC ought to do. 
is institute that every primetime show has to say fuck ten times. Okay. And then fuck will no longer be offensive because you hear it all the time. Yeah. it's It'll be like damn. I think they ought to do this with everything. Like you ought to take so many drugs in your lifetime. Then it no longer becomes illicit and forbidden. Basically what you're saying is everything that is taboo you think people should do. Yeah, I think that the government should force should people meter to it out. Them. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that there weren't drug problems back when drugs were legal, but at the same time, you didn't exactly have cartels running things. Unless, of course, you count the British Empire as one gigantic drug cartel. Which, you know, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were going around and calling King George Senior. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Queen, Queen Victoria was La Loca. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good. British Empire goofs. <laughs> While we're talking about taboo things, though, 